Are you dealing with the trials of a difficult marriage or going through a separation or divorce? Welcome to the club, friend. Life is messy and it can be hard. I'm Jen Zingmark, a Christian life coach, and I have good news for you. There is a path to find hope, healing, and happiness, no matter what your circumstances are, and I can help you find joy in your journey. So let's go. Marriage support and divorce coaching may not be needed by you personally, but almost everyone knows someone dealing with the trials of this difficult journey. Please share this podcast with someone you know who might be dealing with the challenges of divorce or a difficult marriage. The tools that I have are life-changing, and I know this because I have experienced this in my own life, and I have seen it in the lives of my clients, and I want to share these tools with everyone that can benefit from them. Well, I am thrilled to welcome Sister Raina Aberto to the podcast today. She was just recently released from serving as the second counselor in the General Relief Society presidency for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I am thrilled that she is here to join me today and share a little bit about her experiences. So welcome, Raina. Thank you so much, Jen. Yes. Well, why don't we start by having you just tell a little bit about yourself for those who don't know a lot about you, where you're from, and maybe where you live now, and about your family or your work. Yes. Well, I I was born in Managua, Nicaragua. That is a small country in Central America. Very small, very poor, um, but wonderful, beautiful country full of great people. I moved out from Nicaragua when I was 21. And I moved to San Francisco, California, where I had family. And then I lived there for, for about six and a half years. Um, I actually joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints there. And then uh, about two years after I joined the church, I moved to Utah. And uh, I have lived in Utah for 30 years now. It doesn't feel like that, but it's true. I'm married to Carlos. He's from Mexico. We have three children and we have three grandchildren so far. And uh, I'm a translator. My husband and I, we own a translation company and we, we are the main, the main people in the, in the company. You know, it's basically us and it's a very fun job because you get to learn new things and research and, um, you know, put into our, our language the ideas that other people have created. So it's, it's a very exciting thing to do. I love it. Oh, that's wonderful. So you've been very open with talking about your past and some of the difficult things that you've experienced. So would you share with us a little bit about your story? How long were you married? How did you end up getting divorced? And what was that like for you? Yes, well, I got married in Nicaragua right before I left when I was 21. And, um, you know, I married uh, this guy that I had been dating for a few years and we decided to move out and start a new family, a new place. That's, uh, we ended up in San Francisco because we both had family there. And, um, you know, since the time that we were dating, I knew that he drank and that he would use marijuana back then. 
Uh, but unfortunately, uh, it was kind of like a normal thing for, for young people to do that. I was not a member of the church back then, and so I didn't know that there, were, there was another way. But then we came to the United States. Things were kind of okay for a few years, uh, maybe for three years. But around that time, um, he started using, I, I believe that he was, he started using heavier drugs and he stopped working and it was very hard for me to, um, you know, by, by, by then we had a, a little boy. He was about one year old when everything started just going downhill. And for about two years, I tried different things. I tried going to therapy and to places where they could help me and even him. Um, but it didn't work. I tried, I tried talking and um, trying to, to find ways, you know, to help him get out of that trap where he was. And, but then I realized that I, I had to protect myself and my son. Uh, at that point, I, I decided to separate and. Even though it was very, very hard, it was a very dramatic experience. Um, I feel now that that's the way, you know, it was supposed to be. I, 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 I don't think that uh, that I could have done anything differently at that point to to save my marriage. So we separated, we got divorced, and um, a few years later, I, I met my current husband. We we married about three years after we met, and uh, now we live here in Utah. So. That's wonderful. I know many women who feel like maybe there's something they could do to save their marriage. But something I've learned is that it takes two people to save a marriage. Mm -hmm. And that when two people are willing and, you know, have their faith in God and they're willing to do the work, any marriage can be saved. But when one person is unwilling, it's not possible. Yes, it takes two. It takes two to make a marriage. You know, I remember having vividly that image of a joke, you know, when you have two oxen that are joked together and they have to walk in the, in the same direction. Yeah. They have to be in agreement where they want to go. And sometimes one of them may be pulling the other one a little bit more helping, you know, but, but if one of them just collapses and, and, and it's just like that, that, that weight and they mm. doesn't want to, to help anymore or, or to go in the same direction, then it doesn't work. And that's the way I felt. I felt like I was trying to pull a joke by myself mm-hmm. with, you know, this dead weight on my side. And, um, and I want to clarify something, Jen. I, I, it was not easy for me to talk about that for, you know, for a long time. It was not a secret, you know, I, I did never kept it as a secret, but it was something that I didn't talk about because I remarried and I, you know, we had a, a, a good marriage and we have a good marriage with my husband and we have three children and, and I never, never felt the need to talk about it. In fact, when, when I was just called to the General Relief Society presidency, one of the first assignments we had was to speak at BYU Women's Conference as a presidency. And that was just like a month after we were called. Wow. And uh, we were sitting in, in Sister Bingham's office, you know, just a few days after we were called, and uh, we we were trying to decide what we were going to talk about in that in that event. And Sister Bingham said, "Why don't we talk a little bit about ourselves, you know, the, so the sisters get to know us a little bit of our, our history?" Um, she she knew my story, but at that moment, I said the first thing I said was, "I don't want to talk about my divorce." <laughs> Yes. I said, you know, I don't want to talk about that. It's in the past. We don't talk about it in my family. We moved on. Mm-hmm. 
And she let me say all the things that I had in my heart. And then she looked at me with, with those beautiful blue eyes that she has. And she said, Reina, please reconsider. Oh. Because so many sisters will relate to you. Yeah. And I knew, I knew I had to do it. I just was trying to resist. You know how sometimes we know we have to do something. <laughs> and we just went like, like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But yeah. I realized that I needed to be honest and uh, tell my story. And I also realized that... Uh, there are so many out there that they think that um, because they were divorced or they went through that, something is wrong with them. And I wanted to, them to know that, uh, you know, there is hope after divorce. And and yes, I, I talk about it in that event. I practice a lot so I wouldn't cry. <laughs> <laughs> and sure. then it was interesting. Just like two or three weeks after that, I went to Argentina on an assignment. And, uh, you know, this event was being broadcasted in, in, in Spanish and in Portuguese. And apparently they saw it there. And the sister came to me and in tears. And she said, Sister Aburto, thank you for talking about your experience because we have had a few cases in my family. And this just gives us hope. At that moment, I realized that I needed to be honest, that I needed to, you know, not to try to, to make this image that my life was perfect because it's not. Nobody's life is perfect. But uh, it, it was good to talk about hard things because uh, when we tell our story, we are we are giving people permission to tell us their story, yes. and then we can bond and we can help each other in, in yeah. our journey. That's beautiful. I agree. I think it's very courageous sharing all of the intimate details. And like you, I feel the same way. Like it's not a place where you want to dwell and think about mm -hmm. and recall all those hard, difficult times. But I have found the same thing when I'm talking with women and, and they're sharing the intimate details of their trials and their divorce and being single and trying to provide and, you know, figuring out where to live. And there's just so many things that just feel huge. They feel like huge obstacles that you, how can you possibly get past and mm -hmm. sharing how, you know, I've done that helps other women find the courage and faith. I think to look to the Lord and say, I know this can be done. I know yes. I can get through. And so yes. I'm so grateful that you have been willing to share it's it's so inspiring so yes and that yes and that shows that we just kind of play it by ear you know and yeah. that we have to share it when we were ready to share it yeah i think that before then i was not ready and and also i feel that we need to follow the spirit when we share our stories there is a place and a way and a time you know the some for so some people we can tell more details too we don't have to say every little thing. And uh, I also, I always, you know, I, I have always been the kind of person that I don't like to victimize myself mm -hmm. or victimize anybody. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, also we need to be careful not to not to victimize ourselves, mm -hmm. but to tell the story as it happened. You know, I always try not to demonize the other person because mm -hmm. I'm sure that I've also made mistakes. I, I'm sure that I was also responsible for many things. But uh, it just happened. It's in the past and we cannot change the past. Yeah. It's a reality and it's something that it really forms us, you know, shapes us. It, it, it's, we are who we are because of the experiences that we have gone through. And, uh, and uh, in a way, 
and you know, I know it's hard to think about this when it's recent, but in a way, after years, you you look back and you are like, wow, that really helped me grow. And then yeah. you are grateful for that growth. You are probably not grateful for the experience, but you're grateful for the growth <laughs> that you achieved. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree with that completely. And I love what you said about not victimizing yourself mm-hmm. because I felt that way too. Like, I don't want to talk about my experience in a way that makes, you know, other people feel bad for me or makes, Mm -hmm. you know, paints me as the victim. I don't feel like that. I don't, I don't want to stay in that role, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and I want to help other women learn that they can be empowered to take control of their life and, and use their faith to, to drive their life in a positive direction, no matter what has happened. And your story is the perfect example of that. So many women, so many, it's an epidemic today are going through this. Unfortunately, yes. And, you know, we don't get married to get divorced. No, It's always hard uh, because that's not what you planned. That's not what you expected or you hoped. And especially when there are children, it's even more painful, I think. But it is a loss. You lost something. Mm-hmm. And, and it's okay to grieve also, I think, you know, and there are times in which I look back and I get teary and, uh, and it's okay to sometimes to, to feel that sadness, but we don't need to dwell in there. Like you said before, yeah. um, there is sadness because there is a loss and, uh, and of course there are human beings involved and their feelings and, and relationships and all kinds of things that are, that are different, but, but we just have to, to, to look back and, 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 um, Try to see what we learn from it and what we can learn from it and how we can help other people too. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why we, we go through hard things is for us to develop that compassion and that empathy mm-hmm. so we can go and, and help others and testify to them about the grace of Jesus Christ, about the grace of God that, uh, that we can be healed. That even though the scar will be there, maybe, but there will be a day when we are resurrected, where all of our scars will be gone, and uh, we'll be more whole, and we'll be uh, we'll be able to 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 receive a a degree of glory and joy. Yes, that's beautiful. I know that you mentioned that you had your son in your first marriage. How old was yes. he? What was that like? Like, how did you? talk to him about that and help him deal with that? Well, he was three years old when we separated. Of course, it was hard for me. I remember um, being with my child, you know, sometimes we would go to the park and I would see fathers with their children and mm-hmm. and, and, and there was a void. There was a, a big gap in there. And, uh, you know, he would ask me, where is my dad? And I would tell him he's, he's, he went to another city. He's living in another place. And uh, so we would talk about him many times. And he, you know, as, as he kept growing, then I, I started explaining to him what had happened and why why it happened. When I married my husband, uh, my new husband, uh, my son was six, almost seven. And uh, for it, it was a great thing for us, you know, for, for us to kind of start a new family and to, in a way, fill that gap. And my husband has been wonderful. He... He has been the father figure for my son, and he has embraced him. He adopted him, in fact, when he could. So he has his last name. That's wonderful. I think you made a good point that you have to keep talking about it and address their questions as they come, 
because he was very young initially, you know, only three. And then as he grew and, you know, matured, started understanding things more. I don't think it's something you can talk about one time with your children and then never talk about it again. You have to keep that dialogue open and continue answering their questions, you know, the best you can and, and helping them understand as they mature. Yes. Yeah. I think that's important. Yes. Yes. And it's interesting, Jen, that as they, when they become adults, you know, the conversations are different Mm -hmm. and that's why we need to keep talking about it. So, so, so we can give them a different perspective that they can understand as they grow. So, yes. That's wonderful. If you were um, going to give some advice to a woman on the day of her divorce, you know, like you said, we don't get married to get divorced and we never anticipate that day coming. And I know for me and, and many other women that I've worked with, it can be a devastating day. And I think it could be helpful to have some inspiration or hope on that day. Is there something you could share? Well, I think that that day will be hard. <laughs> it's like a funeral, we think, you know, even yeah. though it's kind of different. But like I said before, you're losing something really big in your life. And uh, I, I will, I will think that we need to give ourselves some time to, to grieve also. Like I said, um, it's okay to feel sad because you have lost something. But at the same time, we need to find that strength inside us that comes from, from, from Jesus Christ, from his atonement. Because he came to this world to, to take upon himself our, our pain, our grief, our, our sorrows. And uh, he knows exactly how we feel. And we can turn to him. And even if we cannot feel the spirit or feel that strength, we need to trust that he is by our side and that he can give us the, the power and the strength to go on and to take little steps and to realize that it will take some time. But I was reading the other day that it's not just time, but it's, it's what we do with that time that will, will make a difference. So trying to connect with God the best we can, trying to connect with other people also to try to find safe people to whom we can talk and, and cry together. Mm-hmm. And um, just try to find that strength from heaven and also from others. I will not isolate myself. That's what, that's the last thing I, I think we could do. Um, not to isolate ourselves, to try to, to find safe people that we can talk about, about what we have gone through and, uh, and find strength there too. And do the little things that we need to do every day, you know, to, to keep connected with heaven, mm-hmm. read the scriptures, pray, go for a walk. Try something new, (laughs) maybe a new hobby, a new class, something that we can, that can give us uh, some hope and and just realize that this is just for a moment. In fact, I was reading that, that scripture today, you know, that we have in in Doctrine and Covenants where the Lord gives um, courage to Joseph and he said, not thou, my, my son, and I will add my daughter, that all these things shall give thee experience and shall be for thy good. I know it's hard when, when it's so recent, but we need to, to know that, that there is something that we're going to be learning from that experience and that there is hope in the future and that uh, God loves us and that he wants us to be happy and we just need to keep connecting with him. 
Oh, that's beautiful. I agree. I think that's wonderful advice. So tell us a little bit about your love story, how you met your husband and why you decided to marry him. Well, uh, like I said, I joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints just uh, a few weeks after I separated from my first husband. I I came to church, honestly, with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, literally. (laughs) (laughs) I had relatives that were members of the church, and they invited me. They kept inviting me before, but I never accepted their invitation. But at that point, I said, okay, I I will go. I don't have anything to lose. And it was just the most wonderful thing. To feel that connection with God, you know, I, I was, I was missing that. And at that moment in my life, when I felt so low, I, I was missing that. So I came to the church with that hunger, with that desire, with that humility. So I started attending with my son and, and I felt good to be able to raise him with faith, which was something that I was also longing for to, to have something strong to give him. So, so he could be a good man. Um, and so I started attending about a year after I, I, I joined the church. Carlos, um, came to church for, for the first time in many years. He had been baptized when he was young, when he was like a nine. His family was kind of in, uh, not active. And then he came back and he was feeling kind of the same way. You know, he had just broke up with a girlfriend. He felt devastated and he came also looking for peace and, and solace for his soul. Mm-hmm. So um he came about a year after I, I joined the church. And um, in the beginning, it was just, you know, a very superficial or friendly conversation with him here and there. But I also felt like I related to him a lot, maybe because we had the same attitude towards God. We were so grateful to be there. Maybe six months after I met him, or maybe nine months after that, I, I moved to Utah because I already had plans to move to Utah. Um, I have relatives here and, um, I like the, the, the environment here for my son to grow in. And, uh, but I kept that relationship, that friendship with Carlos. We were just friends. And uh, so it lasted like about two years from a distance, you know, that we were just sometimes talk. And, and when I went back to San Francisco to visit my, my sister, I would see him. But it was just a friendship. It was just beautiful because that friendship grew into into a romantic relationship, and and he was living there. But um, we we got married like five months after that. He came, and uh, we just decided to to start here with our son. It was the beginning of our marriage. Oh, that's wonderful! I love that. I think that attracted me to him was to, that he was a man of faith. I could tell that he, he believed in God. What attracted me to Carlos was that he was a man that uh, had faith in God. And for me, that was very important. And uh, just to, to start a marriage with someone who, who had that belief and that desire to, to follow God and to, to try to be a good man. You know, nobody's perfect. We all have our, our trials, our weaknesses, but I think that just the fact that having that willingness to to follow God, to remember, to remember him and, and to try to follow him. Yes. So important. Let me ask you, if you were to give someone advice on the first day of their second marriage, after going through divorce and starting a new family together, and sometimes, you know, with bringing children into the marriage and creating a new union, what advice would you like to share? 
I think that we have to have hope. First of all, hope that uh, that it will work out and that we will um, probably try to avoid the mistakes that we made before. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, because I know we, we learn from the experiences that we had, like I said before, and um, and, and just look back and, and maybe also assess ourselves and try to, to realize, you know, um, that we can do it differently and try to focus on the new person also. Try to help, help you know, focus on the person, try to make them happy. And, uh, and also to get to know yourself and be open and, and communicate and explain your feelings and, and, uh, your hopes. And, uh, and I, I believe that if the, if the relationship between the, 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 the wife and the husband is, is a good relationship, then everything will be okay. There has to be a priority for us, mm-hmm. you know, and to, and to, and to have that hope that God will help us. If we also include God in our marriage, he will help us. He will show us the way. And that uh, there will be hard times. That doesn't mean that everything will be a better process. There will be hard times, but just to keep that communication, that respect, that love. And, and the time that we spend together also is important to always find time to spend together and to, to strengthen the relationship. I agree. I think that's really important to make sure God is included there with the union and to make it a priority in your life, to make your marriage a top priority. How would you say you were different yes. in your second marriage than in your first? You mentioned that, you know, there are things we can change about ourselves. I think that I, I, I have been more intentional. You know, I try not to react. <laughs> I try to come to 10 and sometimes um, wait. <laughs> yeah. I think that I, I learned that, that um, there is a, a proper time to talk about certain things. And sometimes we tend to react and to take things personally when, you know, the other person is just being themselves or, or going through life. And and, uh, and to, I, I have been more open, I think. I have tried to have a better communication and to explain, explain my feelings, to, to open up about my feelings and, and, to, and to make plans together. You know, to think about the future. Uh, I, I didn't do that before. I think it was very hard to, to speak to, to a person who is not sober about the future, about plans, about doing things, projects together, what our goals are, um, where we want to go. Sometimes we need to stop and look at that. And I think that I have probably been better at doing that now. So that's, that has been a big help. That's wonderful advice. How would you say your relationship with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ like helped you through the trials of separation and divorce and remarriage? Well, I, I think that that is something also that is so crucial, you know, to really try to get closer to God and to try to get to, get to know our Savior, to really understand what His role is in our existence. The best way to do that is by reading the scriptures. And uh, so I have tried to read the scriptures with, with intention to find that, that hope and that strength from them. For example, um, there is a scripture that I really love that is found in Matthew. It's a passage um, in Matthew 11 uh, from 28 to 30. And it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. 
for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I, I feel that if we read the scriptures trying to really um internalize them and to understand them and to and to realize that they they apply to us personally, that the Lord is talking to us, that He is inviting us to come to Him uh and to take His joke, which means that we are bonded with him through our covenants and that uh, he will help us and he will make our, our, our burdens easy and light and truly believe that. Uh, I think that is that is such an important source of strength. So not just reading the scriptures because we feel that we have to read them and we need to need a quota or something, mm-hmm. but just reading them, trying to make them applicable to us and realizing that they can be relevant to us. And, and and by doing that, our relationship with our Heavenly Father and with our Savior will be much stronger. We will we'll know them better and we'll feel closer to them. And then we'll also be able to, to listen to those promptings and to that guidance that we receive from them, you know, that comes in so many different ways. Every person is different, but I feel that also to me, that guidance comes in different ways. Sometimes it's a thought that I had as I, I'm getting up or sometimes it's a song that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's taking my, it's takes in my mind or something that I read from the scriptures or something that someone told me or something that I read or something that I heard in the radio. I don't know. It comes in so many different ways. Right. I think that's a beautiful point that we have to be listening and looking for inspiration from God in all different forms. Like you said, yes. it can come from talking with someone or listening to forms of media. And as long as we're receptive and we're looking to God for answers in our lives, I think that we will find them. And I love what you said about putting your faith in God. I remind myself daily, um, like a mantra that helps me is that with God, all things are possible. And even the darkest, bleakest moments of our lives that seem almost impossible to endure, you know, with God, we can. I love that. I love just, you know, reminding myself of that. Yes. Another way I think, Jen, that we can get closer to God is by by helping other people, by by looking into the needs of others, you know, to turn or outward instead of just inward. When we are turning inward, we are just thinking about ourselves and mm-hmm. all of our problems, all of our issues, and then they 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 seem so big. And, and I feel that our, if we turn inward, then it's a very limited place into our heart. But mm-hmm. then if we turn outward to our people, um, we are able to love more. And, and uh, by helping others, just by smiling at someone, just by giving a hug or giving comfort to someone, we can feel closer to God through that too. And so just opening our eyes, it can be even in the supermarket, you know, that you can help someone by pointing them to something or just smiling or saying hello, that that could make a, a big difference for someone. And it makes a difference for us when we try to make those connections with people. Yes, I couldn't agree more. I think that the lightest I've ever felt and the most joy that I feel is when I get to help just be a little tiny part of helping another person or lifting their burden in some small way. It just makes you feel so valuable, you know, and I love that. So that's a beautiful thought. 
So you have an exciting time in your life right now being released from your (laughs) responsibility of General Relief Society presidency member. Um, What is coming up next for you and your family? Um, right now, I really don't know. I just want to relax and take a lot of naps, <laughs> take a break. I'm also trying to declutter my house a little bit, like I was telling you when we were talking before. Yeah, I, I feel that it's important once in a while to to declutter, <laughs> not just physically but also spiritually. So I think it's I think it's a good time for me right now to just relax and and be back and and try to get ready for whatever comes next. I really don't know. I don't have any big plans except to to spend more time with my family and to to get keep getting closer to God in different ways and and try to also be mindful of other people. Um, I want to just minister to everyone, you know, as much as I can. So it's exciting. (laughs) You do such a wonderful job doing that. I am so grateful for everything that you've shared. Is there anything else that you feel like you would like to, to share if I haven't asked a specific question about it, anything that, you know, you think would help other women going through difficult situations? I would just probably say that um, sometimes it's good to be still. You know, there are times in which um, it feels so dark, the, the clouds are there and they block our view. And uh, But in those moments, sometimes, like I said before, it's, it's, it's okay to be sad for a little while and to, and to cry and to breathe. But then we need to try to find a way to to get out of that hole <laughs> mm-hmm. and to try to to find joy in the journey. I love the, the title of your podcast. I really mm-hmm. love that because there, there can be joy in the journey. And that joy can be, you know, the best joy that we can feel is when we feel the spirit in our heart. When we know that, uh, that God is close to us, that there is hope. That even if, if we are through going through a very dark time at that moment, that there will be, the sun will come up again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we can just look around us and, and find those, those sources of strength. Um, it can be nature. It can be people around us and, and just the, the, the assurances that we have that there is a God that loves us and that he wants us to be happy. Um, even if we are going through a very dark time, there is always hope. There is always hope. Jesus Christ is the light of the world and he has overcome the world, which means that he he knows exactly how we feel and he can help us. Yes, I love that. Thank you so much, Reina. I am so grateful for you joining me today and sharing your thoughts and testimony and faith for all of the women in the world that will listen and hear this. I know they will benefit and We're so grateful for your time today. Thank you, Jen, for inviting me. I have really enjoyed this conversation with you. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Oh, thank you. Are you struggling with the trials of divorce? There is a path to find joy in your journey. I would love to help you. Go to jenzingmark.com to get all the info. There you'll find a free download to help you start thinking happier thoughts today. And you can sign up to receive my weekly newsletter. If you like what you've heard here and want to dive deeper into this work, sign up for a free mini session with me. This is just the tip of the iceberg, my friends. There is so much more. I would love to work with you and be your life coach.